We are back with another episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. And in this conversation, I'm having a chat with my friend, Ryan James Miller. If his name sounds familiar to you, it should. Ryan was a guest back on episode three. Yes, episode three. Here we are over a year and 70 episodes later, and I've invited Ryan back to share his latest work. Ryan has a book coming out this week called Wounds, How Hurt, Heartache, and Tragedy become the keys to unlocking greatness. I know many of you have followed Ryan's work since he was a guest on this podcast. And I'm glad you have, because back in that original interview, you heard a little bit of Ryan's story about his experience at the Route 91 Festival in Las Vegas and the tragedy and heartache that came from that event in Ryan's life. Well, we're not going to get into that today, but we will get into how that hurt combined with other hurts and tragedies and heartaches have shaped Ryan into the man he is today. And he wants you to know that you can take your hurt, your heartache, and the tragedies that you've experienced and unlock greatness. Turn them into keys to unlock your own greatness. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. My conversation with Ryan James Miller on the DMD podcast starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Ryan Miller, welcome back to the Dad's Making a Difference podcast, man. I am pumped for this conversation. Thanks for taking time to be here, brother. Yeah, thanks, man. I was uh, I was thinking yesterday, you know, about being back, and I'm like, oh, this is dope. I love being able to come back and and, <laughs> and revisit discussion and open up a whole new one. So no, it's good. It's great for those who've been listening. To, they know that you were here, episode two of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast, and we're like 75 in now. So. Uh, I appreciate you being here. And uh, for those of you listening, full transparency, Ryan is one of the men I respect the most. We are connected outside of this conversation. We have been connected since before the DMD launched. And you're a guy that I've always respected and had a fondness for because, Ryan, when you came in and I first met you, I knew right away that you were all about authenticity. And that's what actually you came in to their first episode, that first conversation we had, you spoke to authenticity. And then over the last few months, you've been sharing a journey that you're on in our conversations outside of this, where you have a book coming out. And I'm just going to go straight to it because I was like, you got to come on. We got to talk about your book. Guys listening to this right now, you have to get this book. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Guys, I read the intro in the first chapter of Ryan's book, and right away I'm like, everybody needs to read this. I got to have you on. We got to share this with our audience. It's powerful stuff. But Ryan, for the guys who have maybe come in after episode two, why don't you just <laughs> give a little intro and tell them about yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give big highlights and make myself sound real good. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm a performance coach and business consultant. Uh, so by that, uh, what I mean more than anything is I help individuals definitely to achieve goals and over- overcome challenges. But the way that I do that, and that's really been the trajectory of my career, 
is helping to draw out of people what's already inside of them, helping them to bring those things to the surface and then leverage those things to go achieve what they want. And just just the reason for that real quick is because all my career, 25 years of professional sales and leadership, I just found that we were always trying to add things and trying to do things that other people were doing, which isn't always the worst thing, but um, too often we were trying to go be something or do something that we weren't. Whereas I believe everything we need to achieve what we have been created for is already inside of us. It's about refining it. So that's the primary focus of my coaching practice. Uh, work with uh, executive leaders, entrepreneurs, and, and individual, a lot of times salespeople for that. Um, outside of that, uh, I've been married for 22 and a half years, which is something that I'm probably more proud of than anything else in my entire life. I've got two daughters that are 21 and 14 and our family's super close and I like to spend a lot of time with them. And then I tell people that I CrossFit for my health and sanity and I golf to lose it all. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. You got both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've golfed with friends before our clients before and they're like oh my gosh you're the guy that's like so dialed in on our calls and keeping my head in place and then i go see you on the golf course and i'm like you're never golfing with me again (laughs) (laughs) ryan we want to get into this conversation about your new book wounds the book title itself wounds is a little bit alarming like when i first met you you're not a guy who i thought would write a book called wounds you know I, i was very aware of you know, the success that you had had in business, the success in your family. But I also knew of some experiences that you had that you shared uh, in, you know, in confidence. You've also shared those on the, the podcast before. But why a book wounds? Yeah. So I would say a lot of reasons in one regard, but I think that because you just said what you said, I think that's exactly the reason. Um you know, we, men especially, but but women too, but men especially, you know, when we're little and we, get, we fall down, um, we're often told to stop crying, get up, dust yourself off and keep going. And in a day and age when, when masculinity has been destroyed and men have been sissified to, to, to a great degree, I definitely still feel like there needs to be a lot of that because there is just too much coddling of men and um, really feminization of, of men in a lot of regard. But at the same time, that then begins to program us to think that when we are hurt, that we could just shake it off and move on. We could just put it past us. And so then we get into a relationship and something bad happens and we get hurt and we bury it and we just keep going. And so I began to realize through the catalyst of my Route 91 experience, which I, you know, I shared on the last podcast, that was the catalyst to then say, okay, well, if, if that did what it did to me in 2017 and I didn't realize it and for six, nine, 12 months, I wonder what everything else did. And actually it was, it was a man that was consulting for me on a coaching program that I was launching for men. And I was very passionate about what I was talking about. He said, well, I wonder what your dad leaving did to you to make you think like this. And I'm like, oh, that, you know, that, that was, I was six. That was at that time, that was 30 something years ago. And he goes, no, he goes, I-, I want you to take some time to go back and think about that. Now that wasn't his lane. That wasn't his business that had nothing to do, but he's like, you need to go do that. And so for two weeks, I went back and dug in. It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize though I was hurt. My parents divorced when I was six. There was a lot of struggle with my mom and my brother and I surviving and my dad. I went 10 years without speaking to my biological father from 22 to 32. 
So I knew that there was a lot of hurt, but I thought I'd gotten over it. But what I didn't realize was the greatest thread that I had never identified was this, this idea of being abandoned. And because I felt abandoned, I then lived, which is why authenticity is so important to me now, I began to live trying to prove to everybody else that I was worthy to be included, to participate, to be good enough. And so that initial wound that festered created so many more. I mean, it was the reason why I, you know, in high school got into drugs and alcohol and fighting and getting arrested. It's the reason why I, I mean, it, it, it's not my dad's fault, but it's, it was the catalyst for me nearly cheating on my wife and like all of these things. And so again, the more that I studied it, the more I thought about it for my own life and then seeing other people's, I just began to realize that my gosh, this is our problem. And yet, and you know, this, you know, just as well as anybody, like when we see, when we, when we struggle with like a self-limiting belief or some fear of failure or whatever, which everybody deals with like the hot, hot word now or phrases, imposter syndrome, all of those, all of those, I believe are influenced in some way by a past experience that has brought us to this moment that's unresolved. So long story kind of wrapped up, you know, I just, I feel like it was necessary, but also because it was evident in every bit of my own life and every bit of work I've ever done with any coaching client over the years yeah. that this was one of the biggest challenges they were facing. Yeah. So that's where it came from, but you're a guy who's found success. You do the, the consulting and the coaching and the leadership and you do all this. You didn't have to go out of your way and write a book on this stuff. Was there a tipping point where you're like, I need to, because we were talking about this before we hit record, this has drawn your attention and your power and resources away from like the other stuff that people would deem you being successful. You had made the sacrifice and said, I need to write this book. Was there a tipping point that just pushed you to the point like now is the time? Yeah. So, um, when I was originally presented with the idea to write a book, it was after route 91 and had a couple of friends and then some media, cause I'd been doing a lot of media just in, you know, in the wake of the, of the tragedy and like, man, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. You got to write a book. And I said no over and over again, because I was not ever going to gain any bit of success on the back of my friend that was killed the other 57 people that were killed and all 22,000 people that have had their lives destroyed forever in one way or another. But I couldn't get away from something that ended up being far more important to me. And it was if God did all of this, and that's like a, that's a big challenging statement to make right. for people yeah. that may not accept that. But like, if this was all part of God's plan, then I had to do something about it. And doing something about it, in my mind, because this is how I'm wired, is not figuring out how to improve my life, even though part of it was improving my life. For me, the calling was, like, I'm a loudmouth. I've always been the center of attention. A lot of times that was because I, tr I tried really hard to, you know, to get to the center. But I just felt like if this was the platform and this was how God wired me and this is the story that he wrote, that I had a responsibility because just as to what you said, I mean, you know this, you've talked to 75 guys before this, so many other people in your business and life. We just have a tendency to 
posture and we don't want to let people into the things that we struggle with. And so what is more miserable, Cam, than having something eat at us and not being able to go anywhere with it? I mean, like the idea of talking to a therapist about it or a coach or crying about it just devastates most, most men and most people in general, but definitely most men. And so I just, I felt a responsibility and that sounds so big and valiant and it's not, it's just more of, I just have a deep conviction to do what God is calling me to do. So I was willing to just put myself out there and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That brings me to a question I had for you. Why is it important to acknowledge that we don't have everything together? And I want to give you the reason why I'm asking this. I saw you respond to this question once before, and I'm like, I need to ask him because most of the guys who are listening to this, people who listen to this, they come to podcasts through social media. They'll come to podcasts through referral or marketing, and they check you out a little bit first. And I have been guilty of making this image at times on social media that I have everything together, that everything's together. Here's my Insta life. Here's the Facebook filter. Here's us on vacation. Here's Cam doing his thing and all, everything's so great. And in the background, man, I've been struggling. I was telling you this before this call, like I'm in a time right now in my life. I was like, why am I pretending? Why am I pretending? So why is it so important for us to acknowledge that we don't have everything together? Yeah. I want to let you even out of you owning up to all that a little bit, because I think it's important to say this. I don't think that most of us share that part of our life to try and be something that we're not. Right. I think that we share that part of our lives because that's what brings us joy and that's what fulfills us. And we want we're not trying to make other people see us as better than we are. We're just trying to share with people who we are. And so we have this tendency to, to share that side of things, which I think is wonderful. Definitely, there's people out there that are trying to posture, and, and that's a problem. But the other side of it, I think the reason why it's so scary to publicize where we struggle is because then we have to give an answer to why we struggle. I don't think it's the struggle that we're afraid to talk about. It's what got me here. I, I was sharing this and this is going to be, this is going to be very, very, you know, like raw uh, because it just happened. So um, I was, I don't want to say addicted to, but I was pretty, pretty sucked into pornography before I got married and even shortly thereafter. And that was video, a little bit of the internet, though that didn't really exist at this point. <laughs> you know, when I got married in 2000, 2001, I mean, that strip clubs, like a lot of different things. And God eradicated that from my life for the longest time. I mean, don't get me wrong, seeing a good looking girl in the gym in tight clothes, definitely my eyes get drawn. Or from time to time, clicking on an image on Instagram, it happens. But I found myself just recently going down a Twitter rabbit hole of not just clicking on an image, but then actively searching words and things that I knew would bring up. And I was, I found myself all the way back in the spot. Yeah. It was actually two nights in a row and, and I was just completely aware of what was going on. And so I wrestled, man, like second, finally, after the second night, I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this is not happening anymore. I made this conscious decision, really prayed about it, repented of it to the Lord and anything. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then yesterday 
one of my best friends, we share an office. He came into my office and it's actually something that he shared. He struggled with on and off for years. And we were almost done with our conversation and I had been wanting to tell him and he was getting ready to walk out of the office and I was going to let him go. And this is one of my best friends that knows everything about me. And it took everything in me to tell him the story of what happened. And then we talked about why. And it wasn't because of dissatisfaction with my wife, because in more transparency, like it's the best it's ever been, my sex life with my wife. And it's not because I'm dissatisfied with my life. It was likely because as we talked through this, I have been so over anxious and stressed out and depleted in all these other areas that I just let my guard down and found myself in this bad spot. And so, you know, anecdotally, you know, that's just like this example of like, we need to be able to reveal what's behind the thing, because if it's just, Hey, I looked at something on social media, well, I can just gloss over that. Oh, don't do that again. But when I start to understand the root cause, then I have to deal with it. And so again, it's like, I have to help people to see that we deserve to live an incredible life. I really believe that. I really, really believe that we deserve to gain and achieve all that God has for us. But it's going to require us to get really ugly at times. And if we can't have the space to do that, don't have the permission to do that, and don't have the formula and the community to figure out how to work through that, we're going to find ourselves right back in it over and over again. So again, I just, I feel like it's so important and yet it's so hard because that's embarrassing. Like even what I just said right now, like I'm a pretty transparent dude and everyone's going to hear, or a lot of people are going to hear that. And there's another opportunity for people to look at me and be like, man, I was, I was thinking about working with that guy, but not if that's the struggle. Yeah. But it's real, right? It's real. It's too often that people aren't real. Men aren't real. And that's what I love about you and your message. Like it's always been about being real, being authentic. It's about you know, having authentic conversations and in your podcast, this book wounds people who think, oh, is this going to be a depressing read? But what I love about it, it's not about that. It's about unlocking greatness in your life, right? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Can you speak yeah. to why addressing wounds and why in this book, that's the key to unlocking greatness? Over the course of 12 years of being a coach, um, and again, my own evolution of that process. I've had the fortune to work with a lot of very successful people. As I said at the very beginning, almost every single person hires me initially because they have a goal to achieve or a challenge to overcome. 
and we work on strategy and process and it's all exciting and it's all helpful. But I kept running into time and time again, these unsaid issues that, that they were having. The more that we worked on those, the more they got excited about what they were doing, the more driven they were because they didn't have these ugly things that they were trying to bury and spend energy on. They started to be able to perform at a higher level. It's just like the the best examples of this is always athletics. I mean, I think of the most present day example of this that I can think of was Tom Brady. Love or hate the Patriots or Brady will go down as one of the best quarterbacks in history. I don't personally, I was never a fan, not a Patriots fan at all, but you still have to admit one of the best quarterbacks ever to play football. And yet when he went through the issues that he did with his family, ultimately leading to his divorce, we'll never know probably why all that happened. His game changed. He was never the same guy. Date back to Tiger Woods. The guy was unstoppable and untouchable until he was found out for his affair. Not having the affair, found out. Because see, for some of us, it's not about the act of doing the bad thing or even it being done to us is once it's revealed because that's what really opens up and festers. And so as I saw that, I'm like, okay, on the other side of these athletes' devastation, once they re-clear their head, I mean, Tiger went back and won a major championship. That's like, that's crazy after all of that, but it's because he got back on the right side. He was able to heal and grow. And however you see the way he did that, like he refocused himself. And so the same thing applies to us. It's why do you keep wasting your time on? And I, I hate to say it this way, cause I don't like to just tear on things, but on every stupid course and program, and you're reading 30, 40, 50, 60 books a year, because it sounds really cool. And you're digesting, you know, even like this podcast after podcast after podcast. And it's like, that's fine. But are you actually addressing the root cause of why you're not getting to where, do you even know? That's actually the bigger problem I, I should probably say is most of us don't understand that our fear of putting ourselves out there publicly in order to grow our business, let's say speaking or on a podcast like this or on social media that could be because when you were seven years old, somebody told you you were ugly on the playground. Mm. And that's an easy one to laugh off because it's like, come on. But if that was you and you were to put yourself back in that position, you would remember how bad that hurt. Mm. Now, let's make them bigger than that. When your parents divorced and you had to wrestle through what that looked like, whether it was my issue of abandonment or a different one, maybe you were abused or maybe you found yourself in your own addiction or it's like, there's all these things and they are the things hindering us. And so as we open these things up, re literally reopen the wound, address them and talk through them, people start to finally heal for the first time. And when that happens, then they are free to use every bit of strength inside themselves to go after the goals that they believe have been laid into their heart. That idea of setting themselves free to go after their goals. I think that's what so many of us are about. I heard a quote, I think it was just yesterday, uh, I was reading something and said about how people will just consume information, book after book after. I'd love to read. I got books all behind me. I love listening to podcasts. But it goes from this idea of self-care and self-work to shelf care is what he said. Mm. How it's just these books that we read, but we never implement anything. It's the podcast that we listen to, but we never implement anything. And... It's ironic because we're talking about this, but in your releasing a book, but what I love about your book is you <laughs> lay out 
you have the wounds analysis framework and it lets people work through and do the work in a way that's non-threatening. Can you speak to a little bit? I don't want to give the whole book away, but uh, speak no, to the, the wounds analysis framework. Yeah, no, that's totally okay. You know, okay. So, you know, uh, earlier you had asked me like, why write a book and you know, what, what led to it. And so I had one other huge fear of writing this book and it was that I was going to be another idiot that wrote a book for a business card. I don't care about being an author. I don't care about a bestseller list. If I achieve those things, amazing. And I'm going to be very proud of them, but that, that does, I don't need that to be me. I don't need that to build a business. I don't need those things. And so I didn't want to just write a book to write a book, which is why I wrote it myself. The challenge I faced was I actually wrote seven chapters of another book, seven chapters of another book, which was my coaching philosophy, its framework. I mean, really detailed stuff that was going to be very, very heavy in terms of application for people. And then I was like, nobody cares about this. Every, every time that I connect with somebody deeply, it's over my story. And so I'm going to go tell my story. And so as I started to write my story, then I thought, nobody cares about this no-name guy in Yorba Linda, California, and no one's going to care about his story, even though there's some big moments in there. And so I, th- so anyway, so then it came together. It's like, okay, I want to tell my story, but I have to tell it in a way that helps other people, not just to relate to the story, but to be able to do something about it. And so the doing something about it is where the framework came into play because I started to think back uh, when I when I was asked that question and I started to process, okay, so how did that abandonment, how did that divorce hurt me? And so first I had to address, and so this is really kind of the, how the framework is is laid out. First, I had to just admit the fact that I was wounded, right? That something actually happened to me or maybe in some cases, which are some of the chapters in my book, I wounded myself. So it's it's really just owning it, right? And, and naming it. From there then, before, so then it sometimes we'll do that and then we'll fast forward to all the way till today and say, okay, so how is this impacting me right now? But we miss a key component, which is the middle of the framework, which is understanding how it impacted me back then. And now, we don't do that. You're right. And we don't really have the tools to do that. I don't go into a ton of depth there because I think it takes a lot more work than just going to be written down in a formula. But the important things to key in on and consider are you were hurt at some point in your past, which then likely changed who you were, how you acted, what you said, how you saw other people, which then kind of like splintered. It was like the ship was navigating in a certain direction. It got one degree off, but here we are 40 years later and it's, you know, a thousand miles apart. And so that, so I, I want to help people to go back and understand, okay, so if I was abandoned, how did I treat my friendships and my relationships? And, oh, now I thought this way about myself, which, oh, that's why I did this in school, or that's why I, I was able to break that law. Um, and so I want people to analyze how it impacted them back then. And then the final component then is how can I then leverage all of that to unlock the greatness inside of me? Because there's this key verse and I'm sure not every single person that listens to your podcast is a Christian, but in the book of Genesis, uh, the story of Joseph is a very popular story. Even if you're not a Christian, you probably heard of this story of Joseph. He gets sold into slavery by his own family. 
He finds himself serving Pharaoh, who is the highest ranking official in all of Egypt. He's basically an equal to him without the crown on his head. His family finds their way back to him because of a famine. And through all of that, anyway, his family ends up realizing that it's him and faces him. They're just mortified because they feel like he's going to just sell them out. He's going to kill them something. He says to them, he says, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. And I thought to myself, thinking about that verse and that story and so much of the arc of all of scripture, Jesus's own sacrifice on the cross. So then it's like, so me being a Christian and trying to emulate that, that living I thought to myself, okay, if all of that happened, there was purpose. And some of that purpose was for other people. Some of that was just, you know, evil working itself out in other ways. But it's like, how do I get better? How do I grow? How can I become like if if God created me, God has a story written out for me that has a finish line at some point of all these accomplishments and whatever those look like, then that means every single meticulous moment from from birth to death is all wiring in me this ability to become great. And God would never do anything to hold me back. And so again, so it's then that means in some way, shape or form, those things are helping me to become better, to become great. And so that's what I'm trying to help people see is like, let's go figure out what that is, how it impacted us, and then figure out how we leverage that in this new understanding of what it was and truly healing from it to go be great as we've been called to be. Man, I, I think about this process and the three things that you outlined, I'm like, wow, why is this such hard work to do? Why is this such meaningful work <laughs> to do? But when you get into it and you break it down, like you, you just did, owning it, understanding the impact it had back then. And then how can I leverage the sun, walk the greatness inside of me? See, like it sounds simple. I know it's not. I don't want to, anybody listening to this who's like, I'm really struggling right now getting through this. Like, I'm not like lessening your journey right now. It mm-hmm. sounds simple, but it takes work. And that's why I think this this book is so impactful because you do really outline the how to do this in in a way that is meaningful, that is authentic, and that is purposeful. So I appreciate that about you and, and, yeah. and the work that you do. So if someone's listening to this, who is this book for? Yeah, man, if I really had to narrow it down, it's for the individual that has a deep passion to achieve. I, I want to be careful real quickly just to say, this is not about building an empire, a financial empire. But at the same time, there are so many people in this world that are uniquely wired to just get after it. They're hungry, they're driven, they're motivated, they're passionate. They want to do it for the right reasons. There's a there's a high likelihood that faith is a significant influence in their life. And it's for that person that has been beating their head against the wall. Not because they realize they're wounded, but because they can't figure out what to do next. Yeah. They are willing to do whatever it takes with integrity, but they're willing to do whatever it takes, but they just can't figure it out. They, there's some gap, there's some struggle, there's something holding them back. They feel anchored down. Really, they feel imprisoned in this moment. They're losing sleep. They're starting to not feel healthy about it. They just keep trying harder. This story is for them because not only was that me, but in many ways, it just continues to be me. I want to walk this journey for the rest of my life with people, helping them to see 
that it's in them. Like it is in you. And it's one of the most freeing things I've ever heard in my entire life is I'm not perfect. I got a lot of room to grow and learn. And there are things I need to add, but ultimately the potential to achieve what I've been created to achieve is all here. And I want the world to hear that because there's so much distortion in this world right now uh, around who we are and our identity. And, and I feel like this is a way, this is part of the way to reclaim that, to write it, and then to go do an incredible amount of good in the world. Because most of the people that resonate with something like this are trying to do good. And if I can help to impact that in some way, I mean, my life will be complete. Ryan, I have a question for you. What did you learn about yourself writing this book? Oh, God. Uh, talk about talk about a landmine. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that grenade out there. But no, I think that's an important aspect here. Yeah. So a, lo a lot of things for sure. But I think probably the biggest one uh, started when, so uh, the ninth chapter of the book is the wound of church. And that was a really hard chapter to write because that was the most fresh wound. I had just recently stepped down from pastoral ministry, was not treated super well through that process. Um, and so uh, writing that chapter, it was very fresh. My publisher came back to me and said, you know what? Um, the tone on all eight other chapters in the book were so gracious and so kind. And this one just feels like you're not just over it. And I don't want people to get the wrong idea. And so I want you to reconsider this chapter. And I said, well, I'm not leaving it out. And she yeah. said, then you better rewrite it. That, and then all fast forward months and months and months, my publisher goes bankrupt and all of the hurt that that caused. What I realized was, Cam, was that I am nowhere near healed mm. from all of my own wounds. Every time that I think I am, one of two things happens. Either a new wound is inflicted, self-inflicted or others inflicted, or something reopens an old one. And so if I'm not constantly aware of who I am, what I've struggled with, what I'm trying to achieve, what my triggers are, how to work through that process, uh, knowing that the right people like you, right? Like we're in a community together and like in having the right people around me to be able to open up and share with, I, I won't even be back in the position that I was in at 18, I'll be worse because now I'll have so much more knowledge in my head to get myself into a whole lot more trouble. And so I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that I just, I'll never have arrived. And this is going to be a conscious ongoing effort to continue to grow through this. Um, the cool thing is, is at least at this point in my life, I want it so bad that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. I appreciate the vulnerability brother, but yeah, it's man. worth it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the men who are going to read and women who are going to read this book. Ryan, the when, the where, the how, how do people get their hands on this book? Ooh, uh, September 12th, 2023, uh, Amazon and everywhere else you can buy a book online. My big dream will be one day I'm going to be going through an airport or maybe dragging my kid through a Barnes and Noble and I'll see a book on a shelf. But for now, online only. Uh, but you can learn more at woundsbook.com. So W-O-U-N-D-S book.com. And you can get links to go buy it there to join our community. Again, it, it's more about fostering 
the word and, and, and helping people to grow than it is about simply just promoting a book. Um, and so there's a community there for people to get involved in and it's, it's, it's at no cost. I'm really excited to see people to join in on this mission. Brian, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and you're just, man, you are on the brink. September 12th is going to come up fast. Uh, thanks for being here, sharing with our community, man. Yeah, thanks, Cam. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.